0: Welcome along to the Drop the Label podcast, I'm your host Sarah. Labels are all around us, we use them freely and often, without thought. This podcast is an exploration of various labels, discussed with various guests from different perspectives. We want to get people thinking about labels in their simplest form, so that they adopt those that serve their higher self and drop those labels that hold them back in life. Thank you for listening. Will you drop the label? This podcast is brought to you by RT Fitness Durham and Sunderland, home of Team Carnage and the Barbell Club. We are the East's premier transformation facility, taking you from absolute beginner to photo shoot ready. You just got to do the work. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at the Barbell Club or RT Fitness Durham and Sunderland, or over on our website www.rtfitness.uk. On today's episode I have one of RT Fitness's longest standing members Emily Snowden with whom I've put the world aright rights many times over. We discuss labels close to M such as anxiety, dealing with that particular label and the identity battle that tends to go with it through acceptance that it is okay to ask for help. M also gave me a short lesson in economics off the back of a feminist debate, a woman's choice to work, equal pay and other issues of the workplace. I enjoyed recording this one, I hope you enjoy listening. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Drop the Label podcast. Today, I've got the lovely M Snowden. Emily, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Um, hello, everybody who doesn't know me already. I'm Emily Snowden. Um, I've been coming here for, well, since 2016, since December 2016. So I must be about the longest standing client you've got.
0: Mm, no, you're not. Actually, <laughs> we've got a fair few longer. Wow. Yeah. That says something. But you're one of the ones I've had one of the most conversations with, Mm -hmm. or most varied conversations, I'd say. Many varied. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously, I invited you onto the podcast to talk about labels. Mm -hmm. Um, I chatted a bit about the concept of, of, you know, where the idea came from. And um, like I said, we've had quite a few solid conversations over the years. Uh, So... I thought it would be a good idea for to get you on to have a bit of a chat. So it what is. do labels mean to you? It depends on the um oh, well, A
1: on the label and B on, on the context really, doesn't it? I mean, I know you know discussions that, that we've had have been around sort of um sports people and feminism and uh, almost activism in a in a way. And then, you know, we were sitting thinking, oh well, I was sitting thinking about these things and You know, there's there's three letters on the end of that that always seem to come out, and it's the ism, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? So, you know, and as soon as you put an ism on it, it it generates like a negative connotation, doesn't it? So, Mm -hmm. you know, you you talk about racism, sexism, feminism, terrorism, Thatcherism, it's all, (laughs) it it all becomes a thing. So um, in some ways, I would like to see many fewer labels applied to people mm-hmm. and people just making space for each other and, and each other's idiosyncrasities rather than, than just sticking a label on it and making it okay because it isn't mm-hmm. always. Yeah, so That's kind of my thought on
0: that. Sorry. Excellent. No, no, it's good. <laughs> don't be nervous you look nervous stop it (laughs) you're good um is there any particular label that you would say has featured in your life um whether recent or you know a while ago um anything that you felt affected you or or that you've identified with
1: probably the biggest thing i mean i'm you know one of the youngest of four children i had Two bigger brothers, a bigger sister, and then there was me. So, you know, I grew up well able to look after myself because mm-hmm. I kind of had to. I was a very feral child. <laughs> um, so, you know, from that point of view, I've always been a very strong character. So, there was there was something that happened. Actually, it was before I, before I joined here. My dad was uh, he suffered with a particular form of dementia.
0: Right. I know
1: we've talked about this before. Um, it's it's a frontotemporal dementia, which is deeply horrible to anybody who ever has to experience them mean, there's no nice form of dementia um but frontotemporal dementia doesn't affect memories it tends to affect more behavior centers and um what might have seemed like you know just a bit of a quirk actually ended up becoming a real problem um and at that particular time we'd lost my mom um and there was just me and dad left up here. So my brothers both live in Oxford. My sister was living in Aylesbury, and God love her, she she did as much as she probably could have done, and you know really way more. She really chipped in to help. Um, but for the most part, it was me and dad on, on our own, um, and that was very very hard to manage. And you know my husband hadn't been very well. The kids were going through exams. Work was being an absolute bastard, um, and and I kind of imploded into myself. And because I'm not sort of a, might surprise some people, I'm not a very explosive person. I'm really not, I take it in, I don't push it out. Um, And I kind of went into an anxiety spiral. Right. So that's the one label I think that in the last 10 years has had the biggest impact on my life. Anxiety? Anxiety. And it still manifests now. How do you feel like it manifests now? I go into panic mode. I'm in like permanent fight or flight. Right, and I have to really rein myself in. I don't take any medication for it anymore that was that was tricky to get off, and then you know it was hard to go on it to start with, but actually harder to come off than it was to go on um and it affects your body in some very strange ways, but you know if ever you've been on it, you'll know um but I think that was that was a a really hard
0: thing to get out of mm-hmm. was that? So that's piqued me interest. There, what you said was the fact that it was it was harder to go on it than to come off it.
1: Well, that's to do with attitudes, isn't it? Because you think, I mean, I hadn't really understood what was happening to me at the time that this was going on. I was just kind of plodding on, but I was in a permanent tiz. Like my temper would go like that, um, I, and I, I didn't I didn't recognise myself at all. I didn't see myself in the same way. I was just Gone. You know, quite literally, that, that person that, would, that had been there all that time was just buried deep in this little cave that she'd built around herself with the hood over the top and locked the feckin' door. You mm-hmm. know, there was nobody getting in there. Um, and and it, it took my husband, but we thought well, actually it was his, We thought it was, he was having a heart attack, but it wasn't. It turned out to be um, something else entirely. But um, I caught him having this attack, and I, I just absolutely went into panic mode and meltdown. Right, um, and that was the point at which I decided that a I needed to take some time out from work, mm-hmm. um, and I went to get some help. Right, um, and it wasn't easy to do because the first thing that they wanted to do was you know um, they, they they wanted to put me on on beta blockers and stuff, and I'm I'm horribly asthmatic, so you, they they can't do that. It mm-hmm. makes it a bit more difficult to treat. So then they're trying to treat it with um, sertraline, which is a, um, it's a. I don't know what the actual term is. It's a, an an SRI type thing, and right? Okay. Um, it's a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Um, so it just it just kind of helps the little happiness mm-hmm. along in the process, which did it did help bring me out of myself. I'm not gonna lie, did help. Um, but then that almost became a problem, right? Because it's like you on your best day with bells on, but that's all the time. Right. And that's when you know you're taking too much
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and you have to start stepping it down. But of course, stepping it down, you, you worry about all the time going back into that little kind of cave with the door locked. And the hood over the top. And the hood over the top. Yeah, you know, you do. You worry about that. You, you just, because I was very, very buried. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was, that was, but you know, going on it, it was the, 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 um, the connotations to my mind of failure. Right. Of not being a strong enough person to be able to deal with the stuff that was going on around me. And then, you know, I look back on it in hindsight now and I think, Jesus, actually, that was a lot. Mm -hmm. That was really a lot. Um, I know there were the constant phone calls from my dad, and I'm not, this is no word of a lie, six or seven times a day. He would phone me and i would be in the middle of my working day or i'll be you know helping the kids with tea or helping mark make tea because that's really what happens in our house <laughs> <laughs> um <coughs> helping the kids with their homework every now and again you know trying to keep them on plan and, and it was this just only so much that one human being can do yeah in that context um and i found my limit yeah and it was a very hard thing to admit very hard
0: mm-hmm. Which is strange, really, because if you think about it, a lot of, uh, you know, people go through things every day and these things build up and build up and build up. But there's such a a, a sort of negative connotation with connotation, the right word, with having to then seek help that fewer people do so, especially if it means having to sort of say, right, you know, I'm going to have to take something here. Mm.
1: It's a very and hard I mean,
0: thing to admit. It's like I I am part of a um like a mums and toddlers group on Facebook. I hate it. Proper does me head in. But one of the things I noticed the other day, someone someone asked the question, um, saying, you know, I'm 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 really struggling at the moment. Um the doctors have suggested I I take I c ca- I can't remember which one it was, um, but it was some form of, of anti-anxiety or antidepressant. Um, what does everyone think? And I thought, why, why? why are you coming to this place. like this forum i mean i you know i hate facebook anyway um t- to ask for for feedback on something which is is totally you know personal to you but then i thought well maybe maybe she's looking for other people who have maybe been there and and struggled with it and just wants the reassurance that actually it's all right to accept that help mm-hmm. Um, that's, it's one of the,
1: um, that's one of the things that certain parts of Facebook are really, really fantastic for. Um, lady of a certain age here, not going to lie. Um, there's a fantastic group on there called Miss Menopause. Right. right. And that deals with a lot of these sorts of issues because what you don't realize is that, A, that can start a lot earlier than you think it does. Mm-hmm. And it affects all sorts of women in very, very, very different ways, including anxiety, um, you know, depression. Um, among the other sort of physical symptoms a lot of people get. And and these things they get missed all the time. And hormones are weird little critters, you know, they they really, really affect your your whole um brain chemistry. They mm-hmm. run your brain chemistry. So when that is out of kilter, mm-hmm. um, it's no wonder that people need help. But yeah. it's it's who do you go to if you don't know anybody who's um who's suffered with these things? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and sometimes it's really difficult to talk to your friend. I mean, my best friend, she's she's a mad bat. Um that won't surprise you. Um she's a lovely woman. And um she's the strongest human being I know. And could I talk to her about being, you know, in anxiety? No. She didn't understand it. I didn't understand it. And mm-hmm. that's that's part of the problem is that, you know, it doesn't make sense in your head. You know it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. in your head. It it actually makes, you know, no sense whatsoever to anybody, but you still feel that way. Yeah. And that doesn't help either because then you've got a disconnect between what you're feeling and what you know to be true. Yeah. And that just makes it worse.
0: Yeah. Mm, Definitely. I mean, I know me and um, and Tom very, very lightly touched on on mental health. Um, And I suppose anxiety is quite a big topic within that. Um, It's one of the topics where I'm learning a lot myself Mm. and thinking about things a lot more because, you know, I'm 35 now. I haven't ever been on anti-anxiety medication, but since having the boy, hormonally, I think it triggered us alongside losing my gran. I think there was a few things happened all at once. And I found myself questioning where I was at, like, what's going on? What's wrong with us? And it was immediately like, what is wrong with me? But I always, I, I, I do strongly believe that, that there needs to be some sort of resilience taught and that was what I touched on with Tom, but we didn't really have enough time to, to, to fully explore it. Mm-hmm. It's sort of getting the balance right between knowing when you need to pick yourself up and crack on mm-hmm. and when you need to reach out and get help and it's, talk to someone. It's an interesting intersect, isn't it? Because
1: you know that's gonna be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know peop- people have to find their own limit, but at the same time you don't want them to go and find their own limit. you want them to be healthy, you want yeah. them to not have to 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 push it push themselves that far mm-hmm. you know as human beings we were we were designed to be hunter gatherers and sociable creatures, not you know pushing ourselves to the limits of physical and mental torture you know that's mm-hmm. that's not what we were designed for you know yeah. um but I think it's um it is really, it's a tough, a tough thing to kind of draw a line mm-hmm. or even kind of like put, put a link to it because certain people's triggers are not other people's triggers. Yeah. You know, my, my, my trigger, I think when I look back on it, was um, everything that went on around me was okay mm-hmm. until the thing that held me together was not okay. Right. And then when that kind of started to fall apart, or it was threatened, I think, cause that's probably a better word to say. Well, as soon as I, as soon as I put that under threat, the rest of me just went and that, that was how I dealt with it. But mm-hmm. then, you know, so having that support network around you becomes really important, but then it's gotta be the right support network. You know, God love my mate. Mm-hmm. No. She wouldn't have been the right person for that. My poor husband had no clue what to do with it. All he could do was just sit there and try and crack on as best he could while he's sitting watching me be in this basket case in the corner. <laughs> you know, and it was, it was just, it must have been awful for them all. Yeah. So find and finding where that point would be for everybody. I don't know. I think that would be a, a tough test. And then would you classify people? Because that's the nature of, of humanity, isn't it? That you put people in boxes. You shouldn't but I mean, that is why
0: we're talking about labels now exactly. because it's
1: that's because you do you stick a label on them and put them in a box mm-hmm. and it's not right because you know where some person's weak point is actually is another person's strength, and mm-hmm. vice versa, yeah, you know, I can't cook, I can bake a nice cake, but I can't cook, so
0: I can't cook, but I won't cook, neither Ross does that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, they're just, everybody just complains when I cook, so I just don't. (laughs) (laughs) So where you've obviously, um, you know, going, going through the anxiety and and saying it's something that you had to overcome and then coming off the medication, how do you manage that? Like, how, how do you deal with that? How, when I'm feeling a bit on the weird side. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Um, I come here, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like, no word of a lie. Um, It really, really helps, Um, and that'll be the endorphins. Yeah, Um, it does massively help me. Just it takes me out of that that place for a minute Mm -hmm. and puts me back on on an even keel, and then I get a fresh perspective on things. Right, Um, and sometimes it'll be something that somebody says. You know, like, "How we give you a shake." Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that a little bit um, but it's not I mostly recognise it myself now right and I can head most of it off so you know it'll be the little things like I start um, I start fidgeting with s- things in strange ways and I start s- sitting funny and I start holding myself together and right so that's
0: if ever you see us doing that now you know now I know <laughs> So what would your advice be to me if you were in that situation? Would you, if, if I did identify that you were doing some of those things, are you someone who would like Give me something know, else? Me to do. come over and, and talk to you or just totally distract you or distraction
1: is the much better thing. Distraction.
0: Distraction. Um
1: this is this is how come I ended up learning to bake, probably. Right. Um, because that's
0: what I did. It was a
1: distraction. Mm-hmm. I made so many brownies during that bake.
0: You're a bit of a brownie pro, aren't you? Yeah, you bring them in on our strongman days. What do, what do? I do. <laughs> Goes backwards um, against the gym, but yeah, <laughs> they are good. Hey, you all need fuel. They are good. Um,
1: so, but that's that's the sort of distraction. Mm-hmm. So you know. Give me something to do, give me something to move, give me it's it's got to be a physical task. Yeah. It needs to not be a mental task. Right. That's that's where my issue seems to be for me, is it's it's all in the there's too much going on in here. Mm -hmm. When there's too much going on in here, this
0: needs to do something. Right. Hmm. What advice would you give to other people? Because I think I obviously talk to a lot of people on the phone, and a lot of the people who I talk to, um, you know, tell me that they're they're suffering with the mental health whether it's anxiety or depression um, or various other things in between. And a lot of them, you know, I do discuss with them that exercise is one of the best things you can do, getting your mind right, getting your body right, you know, eating, uh, you know, a bit healthier and and, and things like that, it all all helps. It's scientifically been proven Mm -hmm. to help. And like you said, endorphins and all the rest of it. But sometimes they can't get past that point of, I don't want to leave my house. I don't want to leave my bed sometimes. Then if you're that bad, you probably shouldn't.
1: Right. Um, but that doesn't mean you don't need help, because you do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I literally, if I left the house at my worst, about the maximum time I could spend away from the house was an hour. Mm-hmm. That was as much as I could handle. Yeah. Um, and then I would literally be shaken. Yeah um so you know having to get out of you know for me and i can only speak from my own experience you know mm-hmm. i know everybody else is is a little bit different um but if you're that bad don't leave the house right if you're honestly feeling like you can't don't
0: mm-hmm. is the short
1: answer right there'll be days when you you do feel like that there'll be days when you don't feel like that mm-hmm. so when what you need to do is is do it on the days that you don't feel like that right And then go for as long as you can. And when you start feeling anxious, go home. Right. And then, you know, go again. Mm -hmm. Try a little bit longer. And if you still, when you start feeling like really anxious, come home. And Mm -hmm. sometimes those times will be shorter and sometimes those times will be longer. But the actual act of pushing the boundary will eventually, to my mind, push the boundary. Right. Um, But, you know, for God's sake, if you are that bad, get some help. Mm. Hmm. You should be talking to you know there's there's mental health specialists in a few gps around here now go and hunt them out
0: i think that's the one of the problems though there's a there's there's quite a big demand at the minute um and i think the weight for people you know i don't think
1: that's 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 a a shame on society really we expect too much from each other right you know and i think about i think about what caroline said about you know her corporate job my corporate job which to be fair was quite similar Mm -hmm. um and you know the, the pressure that they put you under, and it's in some ways it's 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 needless pressure, it's bullshit pressure, right? Because they're measuring things that they want to measure that actually have no impact on the outcome for a customer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you think, oh, well, why 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 would you do that? Why why would you task me and give me points on going to do something for somebody that is utterly unrelated to my job? Why why do I feel pressure to do this? Seems yeah, a bit weird, doesn't it? But you know, and then. Like I said, it's almost like they are putting you under too much pressure to do these things, I think. Mm-hmm. Society as a whole, and you know, certainly big corporates. I don't know, they need to be a bit more family friendly. And they all say they're family friendly. Yeah, right, okay, whatever.
0: Family friendly works for you, not for you know everybody else. That's the thing, we start talking about family friendly and we start talking about inclusivity and then we start drumming into a whole host of other labels where... <laughs> Yeah, we can go on, can't we? Where, yeah, you could literally go down so many, so many different rabbit holes. But I think, from a corporate perspective, getting out of that kind of, of that mm-hmm. was my background. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to a lesser extent than the new and Caroline, but just being in a corporate environment, I hated it. Like, I, I thrived on it at first, mm-hmm. and I, I enjoyed. enjoyed meeting targets and things like that. And then it got to a point where I was like. I obviously came, came into the gym with Ross and, and, and realised what a work-life balance was and realised that actually I quite enjoyed not having corporate type targets and having to dress a certain way to impress certain people. It was just nice to enjoy what it was I was doing.
1: You get to celebrate your individuality.
0: Yes. Which
1: is not allowed in corporate world.
0: No. No, because you're not allowed no tattoos, your hair colours, everything just isn't it? <laughs> it is
1: a bit, yeah, it is a bit. Um, they spent they focus on I mean, I don't know, less so. I mean, we I remember there was a there was a lass who used to work in our branch and she had like bright pink hair, good on her. So they weren't they weren't overly worried about, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. I think it was more that they were trying to make you behave in certain ways and um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people where if if you if you push me into doing so, I'm just going to dig my heels in because that's the way I was raised.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if you wanted to go that way, then you have to cajole her to go that way. There's no point trying to shove her to go that way because if you shove her to go that way, she'll just stick her feet in and go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think uh, I don't know. It's it's a weird one, isn't it? Mm. Co- corporate world is if if you were looking. Looking at it from outside, it just looks like a weird machine that can't really be sustainable, you know what I mean? It's like the constant growth that they're constantly asking for, you know, Mm -hmm. you must grow this, you must do this, but you've only got a finite number of things and a finite number of people to sell it to. So, you know, sooner or later, you're going to reach a plateau where everybody's got what you're trying to peddle. So you either need to come up with something new or you need you need to just focus on something different, mm-hmm. you know?
0: And then I guess if you do look at things that way, everyone's sort of everyone's on a track to the label failure. Mm. Because if you if if you literally are doing everything by these targets and aims and always aiming to grow and grow and grow, and then you do eventually hit that sailing, then where'd you go? Then where'd you go? And then if you are of a certain, you know, if you do let labels attach themselves to you and you let other people attach labels to you and, you and you're very hard on yourself, which I think everyone is their own worst critic, then do you start identifying as a failure because you can't push beyond? And then where does that leave you to move forwards? If if you see yourself as a failure, then you know, what. What where do you go from there?
1: It's a very hard place to pick yourself up from very, very hard place um yeah I don't have an answer to that right, I really don't because I don't to me, the best thing I ever did was get out, yeah, absolutely the best thing I ever did was get was get out of the corporate world mm-hmm. um it would have killed us eventually,
0: yeah, it's just quite sad to say that the 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 state of that people end up in, or because of it, yeah. because of it and because of the, the stresses that they place on themselves and the stresses that are placed on them.
1: And there's, I think there's, there's a huge amount of inequality as well in the corporate machine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my background was banking, so um, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of women in the branches, a lot of women who are on the front line of that um way more women than there are men actually i think um when you when you walk into your into your local bank branch there there's not so many men there are an awful lot more women than there are men but um i think that's not the case when you move away from the customer facing side and you go into things like the call centers or into the head offices or the back office functions and there that's where you find that's where you find all of those people and they they're governed by different rules mm-hmm. um and because it's a bigger building, there's more support um, and there's more people there. So you've got more support and more facilities. Mm-hmm. And you think actually, would that make a difference? Um, and I think in, in some ways, yeah, maybe. And then, you know, I think so much are expected of the women in these, in these places, and it's not, it's not the same as what's expected of the men sometimes. And I think, well, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. They don't always get paid the same, which is very wrong. I, um, but they don't. Yeah. You know, we're getting onto equality. Ouch.
0: We're getting onto equality. And I think you touched on initially when you were starting to talk about isms <gasps> and ists. I would say ists. Yeah, okay. Ists. Okay. Yeah, because then if you, if you were to think of labels, it would generally be ist, wouldn't it? It would be, you're a racist, you're a feminist, you're this, you're yeah, that. Okay,
1: so that would be the label, but the, the kind of verb <laughs> would be the ism. Isms are not good to quote Ferris
0: Bueller. Right. Yeah, true. (laughs) Ferris Bueller. Absolute classic. (laughs) Mm. So if we were to think then from an equality perspective, or just feminist generally, Mm. what's your take on that as a label? Mm. Feminist. Yeah, okay.
1: So, you know, child of the 70s. So, you know, um... When people say that word to to me, I think of the you know spear wielding, bra burning kind of activists. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just a shame they're necessary <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because they just shouldn't be. You know, I don't. It's it's. I'm really looking forward to the day when it doesn't matter what gender you are, what sex you are, because they're different, um, yeah. and. It doesn't matter how tall you are, how small you are. It doesn't matter. You know, pe- people are valued and, and it just shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be a thing. You know, you think about why it's necessary. So fem- feminiz- feminism is necessary because child brides, because unequal pay, because slavery, because FGM. all of All of these things that women are subjected to, that are not fair. Um, and there are things that men are subjected to equally that are not fair. Um, you know, we put more expectations on, on them um, still as, a, as a, a breadwinner than we do on women. And that's right or wrong. It's not that way in our house. It's about the same now. So, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it is, it's a bit of a... I just, I want the day to arrive when it just doesn't matter. When people are just people and we stop looking at them as small woman or vulnerable or I'm really looking forward to that day. Bring it.
0: <laughs> it's mad because we always talk about growth and how everyone's growing and everyone's fast paced and technology's growing and everything's getting better. But as society, we seem to- We're not.
1: We're not We seem better.
0: to go backwards. And I feel, like, I feel like the reason we go backwards is because we introduce new labels all the time rather than just accepting people as people, we put new labels on, I'm gonna say new people, just so that you get what I mean. Yeah,
1: but it's a different, it's a generation thing, isn't it? <laughs> so, you know, you get, it's like you've got your, your baby boomers, your Gen Z, your millennials, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you can't even be born without getting a fucking label on you. Mm-hmm. You can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's, it's got to stop, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. It's just got to stop.
0: Obviously, when we talk about feminist, I think I always think back to what I have always known as feminist, in old school terms, like you know Emily Davison, chucking herself in front mm-hmm. of the horse, and that was for the women's right to vote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I think of, and what I, if I was to ever label myself a feminist, which I have done in the past. That would be what I would, the, the, the element that I would identify with in the sense of, you know, women should be allowed to vote. Women should have a voice. Women should have equal opportunities. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like, as with pretty much every label that I've thought about and considered since starting this little, little podcast journey, the grow, like with everything else, and, and the sort of warp into various other elements as well, to a point where sometimes now, if I think of feminist, I suppose the label slightly changes to sort of, I know it's awful, but feminazi or toxic femininity. And sometimes I shy away from using the label feminist to describe myself because I don't want to be associated with people who I feel take it to the extreme.
1: Um, yeah, no, I can I can follow that one. Um, but you know, it's it's interesting if you think about um when you were talking about when Emily Emily Davison, Emily Pankhurst, all of all of the suffragettes. Um, I think one of my many great grandmothers was a suffragette. Right. Irish. Irish. Oh. There you go. So tip it for you. Um but I think again, why why should this have even been why should it even be a topic for discussion?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Because it just shouldn't be necessary. It yeah. just shouldn't be different.
0: hmm
1: It should just be the same. But the it reason.
0: isn't. But it should be. It should be. Definitely. Oh, percent It should be.
1: So but I mean it's it's always it's it's been a thing that, you know, I don't know who came up with the idea. And, you know it probably started out this this whole inequality between genders and wonder this is my brain going back to primordial blooming caveman time? Oh no, that's now. good. That's good. So I like that. We start we start thinking about well who dreamed this shit up? Who decided that women would do this and men would do this? And you'll think, well, is it a case of originally these were people playing to their strengths? So, you know, men were bigger, physically stronger, they would go off and do this. Women were smaller and birthing babies for the further into of the species and what have you. So they would do this. Um, and then you think, well, if the woman was perfectly capable of doing that, did she do it? And I bet you she bloody did
0: mm-hmm.
1: because, you know, women. <laughs> <laughs> we tend to just get on with shit really don't we um, but <laughs> if it needed doing it would be done and you, you think is that how it kind of started out was that it was it was born out of an almost practical purpose mm-hmm. and then it just kind of got a bit tweaked and a bit warped and a bit mardy you know what I mean mm-hmm. it was it just became and then suddenly you've got you've got um women in Afghanistan who can't even show their face in public for some reason yeah, that you know, it, it just it just seems to me all all wrong. And then you look at the people who stand up for that, and you look at the likes of Malala Yousafzai, and you think, my God, thank God for you, girl. Mm-hmm. You know, um, fantastic little meme I saw. I remember it, going back a few years, obviously, you know, the thing that frightens a man with a gun is a small girl with a book. Yeah, um, and 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 you think, you know, in this day and age where the the female contribution is precisely the same as the male contribution, it isn't even now physically very much different, you know, in, in terms of what, we've, what we actually physically do. It's not like women are going out and beating mammoths with sticks, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like um, women get in the car, they drive to work, they do an office job, men get in the car, drive to work, do an office job, come home. What's the difference? It's just the nature of the work. Yeah. It's all cerebral, you're all sitting at a desk there's no difference between man and woman. So then why are the men getting paid more than the women for doing it in some cases?
0: How often does that happen now? Gen- that's a genuine question. I genuinely I don't, know the, don't know the answer. But how... But how often is it publicised that men get paid more than women for doing the same job, and how accurate is that?
1: Well, there are there are um, they have to publish now, don't they? They have to publish the difference between male pay and female pay mm-hmm. to try and, and breach the gender pay gap. But um, so I think there are a lot of firms that, that do publish that now. But um, there's still this whole discussion around your own pay within your peers
0: mm-hmm. is
1: like, whoo, thou shalt not talk about how much you earn because you can't tell her I and mean, you can't tell her because then yeah. they'll realize that they're getting paid more or you're getting paid less. And yeah, You'll all want the same and it'll be like, well, it's not like we can give her a pay cut because you need a pay rise.
0: Right, yeah.
1: You know what I mean? And and it should just be, and then, and then you know, there's another side to that as well. So if you've done a job for like, 20 years and you're really, really good at it, should you be paid the same as somebody who's been doing it for five months? Probably not because your experience has got to count for something. So um, there's there's two sides to that argument. And again, I don't know what the answer is. I think it's just one of those things where um, as long as it's not different Because of what's in your trousers.
0: (laughs) It's like at the end of the day, if 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 you started a job and there was a man and woman started on the same day that had the same amount of experience, they were the same age, they were doing exactly the same job, the pay should be the same. If the man started ten years prior, then fair play, had more experience, was earning more money, then then surely you'd have to look at that and say, well, you know, if we're being realistic about it, let's just let's use a bit of common sense and let. It let's realise that that isn't anything actually to do with equality. No, that's
1: not That's to do
0: with the fact that he's got more experience. Damn right. It's not just what he's got in his trousers.
1: No, but then you know that that's the whole case of positive discrimination, isn't it? Because you know, and that's that's a wrong thing, by the way, to my mind, because again, it shouldn't matter. Um, but you know, it's it's like um, you know, taking taking a box for diversity.
0: Why? Yeah. It's, it, it, it doesn't make sense. And I think I, think I mentioned it the other either day, actually, where I was talking about where Ross used to work in a factory and he was working on the lines. Mm. And it's, it's all very much, it's all well and good saying there's got to be equal opportunities. I do 100% believe in equal opportunities. But sometimes a woman is better at a certain job and sometimes a man is better at a certain job. So that's the caveman principle, isn't it? It is, but, <laughs> do you know, but, it, but it, it, it's just fact. It is, And there's some jobs that women want to do and, the, and there's, there's jobs that women don't want to do and vice versa. Now Ross worked in a factory. He was getting paid the same as, there was two women on his line. They were getting all, all getting paid the same. Mm-hmm. The two women on the line were checking boxes. So they were stood with a clipboard, doing the quality checks, getting paid the same as the manual laborers, turning the bolts, doing all the manual, lifting the tires on and off. You know, whatever, car seats, it was car seats. And that, to me, isn't fair.
1: I don't know the answer on that, because I haven't done it.
0: But, but it's not the same job. You're working on the same line, but you're not doing the same job. agree. And those women never did the manual jobs. But yeah, so those women were getting paid the same, yes. but they never did any of the manual job. They never did any of the manual work. So therefore it's not the same job. Therefore no, they shouldn't the get paid job. the same.
1: It shouldn't be on the same um structure if it's a different job. Yeah. That's not to say that the amount might not be the same because the worth to the company might be the same, but mm-hmm. it shouldn't be on the same, it shouldn't be assessed as the same job. Yeah. Because it's not the same job. Mm-hmm. Um but oh, I don't know. It is it does it does get a bit, it's there's no there's no way to actually have this discussion without offending somebody. Uh, which is totally not the intention, but yeah. you know, when you when you get into um, sort of the the, the male female um, positive discrimination, negative discrimination, it's all discrimination, and it, none of it should be necessary. Just none of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, I as, as a woman, I don't want to be given a job because I'm a woman. I want to be given a job because I was the best person for that job. Yeah. And I interviewed the best on that day, and I'm the best person for it because I just am. Yeah, you know, um, I don't want to be given that job because I'm a woman, or because I'm kind of, you know, wanting to be a woman or whatever. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It should. It shouldn't matter at all.
0: It should purely be based on someone's ability and skill to do a job. Hundred percent. That's it. The end. Yeah. The end. (laughs) 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 Definitely. We agree. (laughs) because it's crazy when you think about when you think about the feminist going back to that one and and not necessarily equality of pay and things like that where we have I'm saying we, collective women have evolved and they want to work we want to go out of work Mm -hmm. some want to, some want to stay at home with the kids and there's always a judgement there as well I find even though again the judgment generally comes from women. Why do you want to stay at home and look after the kids? Why don't you want to go back to work? Why don't you want to be a career woman? Why do you want to be a housewife? And all these labels get thrown in. And it's just it do, judgy.
1: It is very judgy. We judge far too much as a world.
0: Um and, and
1: you know, I'm gonna be as guilty as the next woman of that because, you know, we just do. It's how mm-hmm. society is. Um being I mean I was I was never really cut out to be a stay-at-home mum, but I think um Children's TV, man, it just made me brain melt. I couldn't deal with it.
0: Oh, I've got Paw Patrol on repeat at the minute.
1: Yeah, I know. My tune? my twenty year old was still a massive fan of Paw Patrol. God, love her. <laughs> but No, really, no, just enough. <laughs> um, no, I, I was, I was, I don't know. I think it's as much a financial decision these days. A lot of the time, mm-hmm. um, you know, when when um. Again, this is back in corporate world when when my eldest, now she's she's 23 now, um, when I was on maternity leave with her, I only had 10 weeks worth of maternity paid maternity leave. Mm-hmm. The rest of it was like SMP and, and there was just no way I could have survived on that. Just no way. Um, so I ended up having to go back to work ridiculously early because that facility just wasn't there. Now, thankfully, it's a little bit better these days, mm-hmm. um, but I was horribly unprepared for that. Yeah. So... First time around, I didn't really have a choice. I looked at potentially dropping a day, but because I couldn't drop the day I wanted to drop, and I was really lucky to have my mum around to look after Little tag, you know, most of the time, um, I was quite able to 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 do that. Um, but, you know, my sister never had that. Mm-hmm. She really, really struggled with it. Um, she was living in London, so at the time, you know, she had no help. I mean, nursery fees were just horrific. They still are, and probably worse by now. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not a job that you can devalue because it allows the economy to function and women yeah. to be in the workplace. So, I don't know.
0: I often <laughs> wonder if that's somewhere where. And this will rub people up the wrong way, and it isn't my intention, it's just my own personal opinion. It, where do we. <laughs> It's sort of one of those, did, did we go wrong somewhere? In how, because now there has to be two earners in the house to make a household run.
1: Yes, we did go wrong, is the, is the nuts and bolts of it. And I'll tell you exactly where it went wrong, okay? Go on then. <laughs> Privatization. Right, okay. Okay, so, um, and this is, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a terrible armchair economist, right? So, apologies. but I'm not a fan of free markets okay if you know what free markets are um it's basically no regulation privatizing everything hollow government it was a stupid scheme that was dreamed up by some dickhead in America no what's his name Freeman Milton Freeman um and his whole Chicago school of economics which was hollow government everything in private hands no regulation I mean I'm oversimplifying genuinely but that's the nuts and bolts of it um and Thatcher was so on board with this right so she got rid of British steel, British rail, British gas. This is the whole privatization of the eighties. This was, that was what that was built on. Um, We are now reaping the rewards of that. Yay, my gas bill went up by like 100%. Thanks very much for that. Because there's just no regulation. Why the hell would you privatize infrastructure? What? Mm -hmm. You need it. The The country needs it to function. So why would you put it in the hands of somebody who is accountable only to shareholders? Yeah. Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, now, the whole principle of where I was going with this and the whole how it's affected the economy, just so that you know, is in unregulated <coughs> price increases. Um, and because you've got more people earning more money on the markets, the price of things goes up, so inflation. Um, but that was doubly so for the, the housing market. So when you think about the, the first the first house I bought, right, was in September 1998. It was a three-bedroomed 1970s build in Ushmur, um And I paid 38 and a half grand for it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a nice house. Well, it was an all right house. We had to pull it to shreds and yeah. make it pretty. But um, I flogged that in 2006 for, I think, hundred and. 28 grand. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, that's the same house. And it's only, what, eight years later? That's crazy, isn't it? So the inflation price of that house, so that particular boom period there is um, one of the reasons why you need two incomes to fund a house purchase. And then, you know, we had the crash and it all sort of came down a bit, but it never went down as far as it was that that low, you know, mm-hmm. went back to sort of 2005-2006 prices, so um, in in that particular vein. And then we've had increases again since then. So, you know, the house that I then bought in 2006, we, we, we burgled it for about 195 grand.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, houses on my street now are selling for two thirty, 240, I would not pay 240 grand for my house, shithole. <laughs> You see my point? Yeah. Yeah. So all of a sudden, if you're looking at how, how people have, how they work out, how much money you can you can borrow on a mortgage is based on how much salary you've got. So if you've got a house that you want to buy for 240 grand, then you're going to have to have at least a quarter of that as your income. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like the movements into into privatization has come from the fact that more and more women were choosing to go to work? Or do you feel like the privatisation mm-hmm. forced it. women into I, work? I genuinely don't know the answer on that. Because um, that's the bit that I find intriguing, because I think, have we shot ourselves in the foot? It's the chicken and egg argument. Or is it the other way around? It's very much the chicken and egg mm. argument. And I think the honest answer
1: is probably going to be some of that and some of that. Mm-hmm. Um... I
0: don't know, um because I don't know what came first, yeah, because then you've got to start to think of it from a perspective of how much are women now suffering because of the fact that we we are we, we have to work, there has to be two incomes to get a house these days, it did or or it all it's becomes just, it's just easier or it all becomes very, very difficult, but then women are in in more senior roles and it is becoming a lot more equal and it's becoming a lot more fair I don't necessarily know that the majority of women are cut out for it in the sense of now we have far more mental health issues amongst women, women who um, can't conceive because they're highly stressed because the hormones have changed, because they're constantly in flight or fight mode, because they're going into very stressful situations, because they want to be high-flying. It's all this very, it, it all becomes very muddied and you start thinking, well, what's, what's, the, what's the best way forward out of this? Because we do, we have like an epidemic really amongst women where getting pregnant is becoming more and more difficult. And is it because women are trying to be more, not more, more like men, mm. but they're trying to contribute in the same way. Yeah, um, is that doing ourselves our our biological cells a disservice?
1: Oh, Craigie, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's 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 such a difficult question to 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 answer, and I think <coughs> it's very much going to be an individual choice kind of thing. Yeah, um, you know, I think from my point of view, um, I I was never gonna be comfortable being being that stay-at-home mum. Mm-hmm. But my mum did it. Yeah. Um I mean she was she was she was actually a teacher by trade. And then, you know, when my eldest brother was born, she pretty much was ready to jack it in. But I think she was quite disillusioned with it. Right. Um so she was quite happy to do that. Yeah. Um and you know she she didn't really um work you know seriously again after that she had you know little bits of things that she would do for people and she helped people out and she looked after a lot of children yeah um she worked in a few shops she worked in a few offices but um never really much never really developed her career again Mm -hmm. or a career again after that Mm -hmm. um but that was her choice yeah um now my dad was quite a controlling character so how much influence he had on that i wouldn't like to say yeah um but you know she gave as good as she got in her own way
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i think it's important the fact that you mention in choice there because mm-hmm. i do think aside of labels everyone has a choice and it's up to an individual to make the choice for themselves Too right mm-hmm. and i think that's what we always have to remember when we are dishing out these judgments because we all do it and that like i said that that's one of the main things be okay to do okay with to this
1: cuz i don't wanna
0: yeah. It's
1: got to be okay to say that. Yeah. Um, in this day and age, you know, and, and like you say, it's absolutely about choice. Um, You know, my sister cut back her her hours. I tried it for a little while. Yeah, okay. Mm. Uh, no, it wasn't for me, yeah. but that's me. Yeah, you've made that choice. That was very much my choice. One of us had to be a grown up and it wasn't going to be him, so. <laughs> <laughs> Not really sure that went down very well, but never mind. Um. But yeah,
0: I've enjoyed today's chat, Emily. So I'd like, I like to—I think we'll wrap it up there because okay. you know what me and you are like. We'll talk for hours. But it's been uh, interesting. Thank you very much for your time. Cover some ground. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us.